What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 17 of The Deep Ball. I'm your host, Anthony Paolo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Corey Lickman. Corey, a little bit of a later recording today, but we kind of got bailed out because, I mean, we woke up to some news, some pretty big news today, right? Yeah, definitely some big news. Carson Wentz, uh, looks like he found his way out of Philly. I mean, that's a good thing, right? Who wants to stay in Philly? But, uh, yeah, today's episode, obviously, we're going to talk about, we'll, we'll just go right into Carson Wentz. We'll talk about him. Because he gets dealt from Philly to Indianapolis, which a lot of people were predicting. He goes for a third-round pick and a conditional second-round pick next year, which will more than likely turn into a first-round pick, depending on how he plays and if he plays with his availability core. We'll go to you first, man. I mean, what do you you think about this move? We'll start with the Colts' perspective. How do you like this move for the Colts? I like the move from the Colts. I mean, yeah, you take on, obviously – a big contract in Carson Wentz, but this is a guy that has shown potential of being like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And with Phillip Rivers uh, retired now, you're desperately needing a quarterback. I think going to Carson Wentz in this situation, trading for him, uh, giving up a third and pr- probably going to turn into a first. I think it's worth it because I think Carson Wentz back with uh, Frank Reich, who Worked with him on the Eagles. I I like the deal for the the Colts personally. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, one time, best years, the best year uh, with Frank Reich. That was the 2017 season where he went on 11 and two as a starter. Philadelphia ends up winning the Super Bowl. Then they build the Nick Foles statue, and then it was kind of they lo- he loses Frank Reich as his coordinator, and then it kind of went downhill for Carson Wentz. He's all right. You could say in 2019, he was, I mean, he led the Eagles to like four straight wins down the stretch to make the playoffs at nine and seven, but then he got hurt in the playoff game. And since then, I mean, 2020, he was a disaster. I think everybody can admit that. I think honestly, Carson Wentz would admit that about himself, how poorly he played this past year, but I love the move for the Colts. Uh, Chris Ballard has done an absolutely phenomenal job building the Colts. Uh, He's built them through the draft. He's drafted guys like Quentin Nelson, uh, Darius Leonard. He went out and got the Forrest Buckner last year. Directed Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, Julian Blackman, a safety too, who was tremendous this past year. So it really seemed like the one piece that's been missing for the Colts these past couple of years is that quarterback. And now that hopefully they found their guy, at least for the next couple of years in Carson Wentz, because I mean, this Carson Wentz will be the fourth different starting quarterback in the last four years. They had Andrew Luck, then they had Brissett, Phillip Rivers last year, and now Wentz this year. So hopefully they can provide some stability. But from the Colts standpoint, too, I think this kind of catapults the Colts into like that next tier, if you ask me, in the AFC, where I, I kind of put them in conversation with the Bills, maybe, as that second-best team. I'm not saying they're better than the Bills, but I think they definitely give the Bills a run for their money, as well as the Ravens. I think you could say the Ravens are, but I think if you're looking at like the AFC South playoff picture, I think that the Colts and the Titans were on a pretty like even playing field going into the offseason, but I think with Carson Wentz, I definitely think the Colts are a better team today than the Titans are. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I think um, if um, upgrading a quarterback like this, I think definitely uh, like catapult them ahead of the Titans, who, quite frankly, uh, I think Ryan Tannehill is good. But, I mean, if Derrick Henry gets shut down, that offense is nothing special with probably a below-average defense. So, I mean, yeah, the Colts have, like, Really good defense. They got a good O-line. They got a good running back. I mean, the receivers aren't great, but they do have Michael Pittman, uh, T.Y. Hilton. I think he's a free agent. But, yeah, I mean, getting Carson Wentz definitely going to upgrade them. And I think they that puts them right now. I'd put them as the third best team in the AFC right now behind Kansas City and Buffalo. I think it maybe puts them ahead 
of the of the Ravens right now. I think um, it's a good trade by the Colts. But in Carson Wentz' perspective, I mean, when he was in Philly, he had some like excuses, kind of. I mean, he didn't really have many weapons. His O-line was terrible. The team was pretty bad. But now you get a, a fresh new start, and you got like a pretty loaded team around you. Your your head coach is where you is the guy who allowed you to be successful in 2017. Like there are no more excuses for Carson Wentz. Now, I mean, if, if he can't perform in Indianapolis, I mean, I don't know where his career goes next, but I mean, I'm confident he will, but I'm just saying like, I don't think there's any more excuses for Carson Wentz. This is a, this is a time to make some noise in a new conference, new team, new everything. I think uh, Carson Wentz has to show out now. Yeah, man. I couldn't agree with you anymore on that. I think this is as young as Carson, I mean, I really think this might be his like last real shot at that guy's becoming a franchise quarterback for a franchise because it seemed like he would be in Philadelphia and then it all fell apart. I mean, you could argue that, yeah, he had practice squad receivers because, I mean, two years ago with like Greg Ward coming off the practice squad in this past season, you had like Travis Fulgham, who they signed out of nowhere, Josh Hightower, uh, Jalen Rager didn't really was hurt and then didn't really produce. Deshaun Jackson was hurt. I mean, he, get, he led the league and like he was sacked 50 times. That was the most in the NFL last year, and he only played 11 and a half games, which is crazy to think of. But yeah, now you're in a perfect situation in Indianapolis. Indianapolis also still has a lot of cap space where I think if Indian, if Chris Ballard really wants to double down on this, I think he should definitely go try to spend some money on a receiver, whether it's, I think Chris, Chris Godwin will probably go back to Tampa, but you got Chris Godwin, uh, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones is even a free agent, even Wolf Fuller, like Bring in somebody next to Michael Pittman, even bring back T.Y. so that you can really give Carson Wentz everything he needs. Because I think this is, like I said, the last chance for Carson Wentz to really prove uh, a star in the NFL. But I kind of want to flip this now, Core. And um, from the Eagles perspective, I mean, we kind of touched on this a couple weeks ago. when We were talking about Wentz and like when it looked like that Wentz would truly be gone, like uh, what the Eagles are really doing. But I mean, it's just like. I, I, like, I, I don't understand what the Eagles could possibly be doing. Like, even with Carson Wentz, you obviously extend him and then you bring in a second round quarterback. Now you move on from him after bringing in like a coach who was supposed to help him and firing the coach that he didn't like. It just makes no sense. Core, I mean, how do you feel now about the Eagles future moving on with Jalen Hurts? I mean, I like Hurts. I think he showed signs Um this season of being a potential franchise quarterback. I think that's mainly why they moved on from Carson Wentz. I mean, you could, I think there's, well, they still have to like pay off some Carson Wentz's contract. They have, I I believe this year they're taking like a $30 million, like dead cap hit, which is the largest ever for for $30 million from not to play on their roster. That's insane. That is pretty crazy. And I mean, I don't – I feel like I think, like, Jalen Hurts could be a good quarterback, but I don't know how great they really made out. I know they, they might be getting a first-round pick, which is pretty good, but they were in a tough position because Carson Wentz is – like I think people know he has lots of potential, but, I mean, like, this past year he was just so bad. Like, it was tough to really get that much for him. So, I mean, to get, like, one – probably going to be a first if the Colts make the playoffs or – uh, he plays over 75% of snaps. I mean, first is nice, and then a third. But, yeah, I don't know. The Eagles, they got a lot of figuring out to do. But I think at quarterback, Jalen Hurts 
could uh, could be the franchise quarterback. Just they have a lot of holes on the offensive side, and just like in general. So I mean, I think it's almost going to be a little bit of a rebuilding stage in Philly. So I mean, I I guess to get you had to get rid of Carson Wentz in the situation, and maybe it was tough to get that much for him. So I mean, yeah, I think they did all right, but it's definitely going to be a rebuilding stage in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's funny too though that Philadelphia like. I believe last week they came out and they were saying like, oh, like we want a Matthew Stafford type offer for Wentz. And if like you think about it, I mean, Stafford gets you two first rounders and Jared Goff and Wentz, technically there's no first rounder yet. But I think it's also pretty cool to kind of see like how the the conditional pick was set up because it's kind of like uh, the NBA. You know how the NBA like protects picks. You really don't do that in the NFL. I don't think you can. But I mean, basically by saying that it's going to be a first if the watch, it's gonna be a second round pick unless they watch them call make the playoffs. The Colts kind of the pick is now like top twenty protected, and it's also kind of ensured if Carson Wentz plays bad, then only giving up a second round pick. So I guess for the Eagles, because I be, I believe the Colts now will make the playoffs, so I guess that turns into a first round pick, even though it's gonna be a late first. I guess that's all right. I mean, yeah, considering they had they kind of had to deal like uh, deal him because it seemed like you were just gonna ride the. I don't know what the Eagles are doing with him. So, I mean, I guess they get out of the mess with a first-round pick. But I don't know. There, there was even some reports there, Corey, as crazy as this is, that the Eagles now might look to draft a quarterback, too, to compete with Jalen Hurts. Like, I, like I, I think that's just insane. That is insane, man. That's just – I don't think that's the way to go. Like, that – I mean, Carson Wentz, I'm not saying he would have been good, like, a lot better. But, I mean, dra- drafting a quarterback in the second round – did not help out Carson Wentz. And if you're, like, saying you're going to make Jalen Hurts your franchise quarterback, like, it makes zero sense to go out and draft another quarterback to to compete with them. I mean, hey, they they, they wanted to use Nate Sutfeld in, 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 the, in the last game of the year. Might as well let him compete with uh, if Jalen Hurts for the starting job, if that's really what they see in, uh, in this guy Sudfeld. So, I mean, yeah, drafting a quarterback, I mean, yeah, I don't – Philly – I don't know what the hell they're doing right now, but yeah, I mean, you, you're saying like they rumors of drafting a quarterback. I think that's uh pretty stupid, also. Hey, listen, I got a smile on my face right now from ear to ear because as a Giants fan, it doesn't look like the Eagles have anything figured out. Looks like they might be a mess for the next couple of years. I mean, even you mentioned uh kind of like how they picked Hurts la- uh, as a last year as the second round pick. I mean, the year before they used a second round pick on JJ Arthago Whiteside, who has like a career 15 catches maybe. Maybe I'm doing him a little dirty there, but I mean, I think a white side has just not been lived up to a second round pick status at all. Then Jalen Rager this past year, you take over Justin Jefferson. Justin well, Jefferson's a pro bowler. Jalen Rager, I know he got hurt. And I, I kind of like Jalen Rager as a receiver. I think he's real fast, but like he did nothing. So, um, and they yeah, could have had Metcalf the year before that. You could have had Metcalf and Justin Jefferson, and you ended up with Ortega Whiteside and Rager. And that's just, that's disgusting. There's nothing else to it. Definitely a mess if you ask me in Philadelphia. Nick Sirianni, first-year head coach, is going to have to figure it out. And, uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. They are picking sixth overall in the draft. I, th- I thought for sure they would go wide receiver. And if they don't go wide receiver, then go co- corner next to somebody next to Darius Slay because that was a big hole. But who knows what they're going to do because, yeah, I, I was seeing some stuff on Twitter about, like, some Eagles reporters. Somebody, uh, guy was a pretty credible guy, too, from, like, NBC Sports or something like that, like in Philly. I don't know, but I kind of want to move on core and talk about what this means next for the quarterback market. 
And I think the next domino, aside from Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, I believe, is in the class of his own, besides all these quarterbacks. I think the next domino is uh, your guy, Sam Darnold. Uh, you think you think for sure Darnold's getting dealt now? I'm not sure about it. I mean, I haven't really heard that much of, about it, but I know the Jets probably might want to go quarterback in the draft. So, I mean, I think if you're going to trade Darnold, I mean, now's the time. A lot of teams have aging quarterbacks, and, I mean, if Sam Darnold has really not been playing uh, that good in his first few years. So, I mean, if this guy – if he's somehow the quarterback of the Jets and he has, like, another bad year, I mean, his value really – I mean, it's, like, decent value because he's still young. He hasn't been on a good team. Like, he has – he's the third pick in the, in the in the draft. But, I mean, he has, like, another bad year. His, his value is going to take, like, another step deeper down. So, I mean, I, I think it would be – um a good choice for the Jets to deal him. And I, as a Jets fan, I, I mean, like, I kind of hope the Jets uh, move on from Sam Darnold. But, I mean, I don't know how much they're getting for him. I mean, Carson Wentz goes for like a, basically like a second round. He's on a big contract. Sam Darnold really hasn't shown much. I think at best they, they get, like, a second. That's, like, the highest type. I don't think they get a first for him. I don't know what you think. But I think uh, it'd be cool. I, I'm not cool. I mean, I'd be all right with to see him uh, get dealt as a Jets fan. Listen, uh, as an outsider, I think Sam Darnold's like very talented, but I don't think there's any way after what just happened this past season you could bring Sam Darnold back and like you can like the Jets can confidently now say that Sam Darnold's their guy after for 15 weeks and they were like, oh, Trevor Lawrence, we're tanking for Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. So I think Sam Darnold was kind of ruined by the Jets and like the Jets kind of have to move on from him and just say, look, it didn't work. But, yeah, I think this is kind of a little worrisome for the Jets because, I mean, Darnold really has one more affordable year on his contract. No team is going to pick up his fifth-year option because he's for, like, $25 million and he hasn't proved anything yet. So it's going to get declined this offseason. So he's probably going to be a free agent at the end of next season. Yeah, you have him for one con- cost-controlled year this year. But, like, shown that he's, like, that much, like, more than, like, he really he barely has shown he's an average quarterback, you can argue. Obviously, he's young, and the, ups, uh, yeah. the upside on him is immense. But, I mean, how could you justify giving up second-round pick for him? I, I honestly think Sam Darnold, like, a third-round pick, I think, is where the Jets might have to settle on him. And especially if uh, the offseason keeps going and quarterback spots get filled by some guys like maybe Marcus Mariota, maybe Mitch Trubisky gets a shot somewhere. And then the Jets kind of commit to drafting a quarterback. Now it's like the Jets lost all their leverage. And it's kind of like, yeah, now you end up dealing him for uh, next to nothing. The one thing that I think really does help him is that he's on such a small con- – like his salary is not a lot at all that a team that like doesn't have a lot of room – like. I don't know. Pittsburgh's not going to go get him if Ben Roethlisberger is still there. But if Ben Roethlisberger retires and they still have to eat like $20 million of his dead cap and they're in salary cap hell or like the Saints for if they lose Jameis like that, like those are two teams that don't have any salary cap, like any salary space, excuse me, cap room. That's the word. But um, they can still afford Sam Darnold because he is that cheap. So I guess that does help his value a little bit. But I don't know. I think I think the only really logical spot now that I could see Sam Darnold ending up, like I don't, they won't trade him to the Patriots. I think now like the Chicago Bears, I guess, would be um, would be where I expect him to go. I mean, I still think San Francisco is a player for him, but I think if I'm San Francisco, I think I'd still rock out with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I don't know, maybe I would bring in Sam Darnold to compete with Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you think? Where, where do you think Sam Darnold ends up then? 
Yeah, Chicago's an interesting place. I think uh, maybe Washington teams like that. But yeah, Sam Darnold. Um, out of thirty-two quarterbacks, I'd probably rank him anywhere from like, as a, like I'm not even like twenty to like twenty-six. Like he is not in the upper echelon of quarterbacks right now. Obviously, he can change that. So like, yeah, he. I just don't know how much he could really go for. But I mean, a team. A team like the 49ers, I mean, I don't think it's worth moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo to Sam mm-hmm. Darnold. Like, are you, you're, you're not even really – you're not upgrading going from Jimmy G to Sam Darnold right now. I mean, if you're a team like Washington or the Bears, I can understand. Like, Mitch Trubisky is probably – he's probably a little better than Sam Darnold right now. But I just – like, it hasn't worked out. I mean, I, could, I can understand – a change of scenery, him going to Chicago. I mean, Washington, they have a really good defense. They just need a quarterback. Let him come in and compete with Taylor Heineke. But the 49ers, just like this year, they were decimated by injuries. The year before that, they made the Super Bowl. There's, I don't think there's a point of moving on from Jimmy G to Sam Donald. It's not like you're going from Jimmy G to Deshaun Watson or Matthew Stafford. Like, you're not really upgrading. So, I mean, it's a tough, tough situation for Sam Donald because he's just – he really hasn't performed that much – as an NFL quarterback for his value to be anything that good and for teams to really look at him and be like, this guy could be our franchise quarterback. I mean, it's going to take, like, I honestly looking at it now. Yeah. Like second round is honestly pretty generous because he really has not done a lot, but I think Chicago and Washington are uh, two teams that should be interested in him, but not for too much. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I didn't say Washington, but I definitely think Washington would be a good fit for him, uh, especially too. And I think this is the biggest thing with Sam Darnold. I mean, he's really on then like kind of a like a one year prove it wherever he goes. But I mean, who knows? Maybe he could turn it into a he could be real good wherever he goes. And then I mean, you, we see quarterbacks they sign these these huge contracts. I mean, Darnold has one real good season. He kind of shows like why people were high on him coming out of USC. And uh, yeah, maybe you could turn this this next season into a a multi year contract down the road, but it it all depends it all depends on where he goes. You know what I mean? He's kind of was set up to fail in New York, and I mean he definitely needs weapons around him. But uh, move on to some guy not named Sam Darnold, some guy who's much more accomplished uh, of Sam Darnold, who will be playing for a different team next year for sure. JJ Watt was just released by the Texans this past week, kind of an end of an era, man. He was drafted in 2011. Uh, Texans fans did not like the pick at that time. They were like, who is this guy, J.J. Watt? And I mean, you one of the – like, if I was a Houston Texans fan, I definitely would have shed some tears because J.J. Watt was just like one of those guys that you were always for the last decade able to watch, able to enjoy. You couldn't hate him, obviously as a Texans fan, but as any fan in the NFL, especially what he did with that the Hurricane Harvey down in Texas in like 2017. I mean, the guy has 101 career sacks three defensive player of the year awards. He's a five-time all pro. Uh, yeah, I think like, it's just, it's just, this kind of was like, obviously we kind of saw this coming, but I mean, it just kind of shows you also the fall off that the Texans have really been on last year, last season. They make the, um, or two seasons ago, they make the, they went out, whatchamacallit, they won a playoff game. And then this past season, they go four and 12 and are the third worst team in the NFL. But yeah, but what do you, what do you think about this core? Yeah, I mean, as a as a Texans fan, I'm not a Texans fan, but like I feel bad for Texans fans. I mean, JJ Watt, obviously, probably one of the best players to ever come through the Texans organization. But 
he also mentioned so much more to that community, just like what he did in the in the in the community, helped out with uh, everyone around there. So I mean, I respect JJ Watt a lot. I know. Uh, I remember I was like reading something like before. He ever played football? He was like delivering pizzas or something. He's like, what am I? Yeah, it was his freshman, his freshman year. I'm pretty sure at like, cause he the started first? at Central Michigan. Oh, did he? So he started? He started at Central Michigan. Trivia question that will win you Jeopardy one day, Coy. Antonio Brown and JJ Watt were on the Central Michigan football team at one point together. Will win you trivia one day. Damn. Guarantee it. I didn't even know that. But yeah, he was delivering pizza and then he transferred to Wisconsin. You can keep going. Now he was like, what am I doing with my life? And then yeah. Guy just, uh, I just respect him a lot, but I know, uh, just tough for Houston in general. Like Deshaun Watson's unhappy. You lost, you lost James Harden. You just lost JJ Watt. I mean George Springer for the Ash. So it's just feel bad for all the uh, Houston athletic fans. It's just tough, but yeah, JJ Watt in general, I think he still definitely could uh, be an impactful player for uh, another team, potentially uh, linking up with his with his brothers in Pittsburgh or. Uh, going to Green Bay to boost that defense. I, I know he he's still got some left in the tank. He's only he's 31, a lot of wear and tear on the body, but I know he could still uh, make an impact and help um, like a team reach a Super Bowl. Yeah, J.J. Watt has dealt with a lot of injuries in his career, but, I mean, there's going to be a lot of playoff teams I want to add him. I mean, I had Green Bay and Pittsburgh, obviously, both as mine. Uh, I think Kansas City, also a reasonable spot. I saw also some things about him possibly going to Cleveland. And he, Cleveland was very interested in him. I think Cleveland would be a good spot for him. I think the biggest thing that I want to see with J.J. Watt, yeah, is I just want to see J.J. Watt get one, like, not really a final chance because I think he's got a couple more years left in the league. But I want him to really win a Super Bowl. I'd love to see him holding the Lombardi Trophy up. But, uh, yeah, I don't, th- I don't think he's going to get a crazy deal. I think maybe one, two years. Uh, a lot of incentives maybe. Probably not a lot of guaranteed money because, I mean, he has been injured a lot in the past. But – I'm definitely wishing the best for J.J. Luck, no doubt about it. Uh, one of the best defensive players I've watched in my lifetime as growing up. He was just – I'll never forget when he uh, – like that week 17 game when he broke the record against the Jaguars. Oh, my God. He had poor Luke Jokel. This is like a, maybe 2015, 2016. Poor – I think he went for like four sacks, four and a half sacks. I think. Poor Luke Jokel on the Jaguars could not block him, man. He was helpless. And just when J.J. Watt – just one of those dominant interior and when he plays on the interior, when he uh, playing at end as well in different schemes, just unbelievable. So wishing the best for JJ Watt, no doubt about it. Yeah, definitely an easy guy to root for. And he's just such a great player. I mean, uh, yeah, one of the, one of the special players in the league. So yeah, definitely hoping to see him at, at least make it far in the playoffs somewhere, go to contender, have a chance at competing for a Super Bowl because uh, the Texans, like, pretty short Super Bowl window pretty much ran out. So, yeah, definitely looking for him to go to a, a contender and uh, compete for the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, J.J. Watt, part of an absolutely stacked 2011 draft class that we'll probably get to, like, in Wait, April. We'll probably Mitch talk about, like, the, the best Texans? draft class. What the Texans had? DeAndre Hopkins, Jadavion Clowney, J.J. Watt. And, uh, and Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. Never going to lose them all within two seasons. Game. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty crazy if you think about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, then what? Well, Tomsa wasn't on the same the team at the same time as what's his name, too, as Clowney, because they lost Clowney last year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's disgusting. Couldn't I mean, even you get could, the first round pick for, for DeAndre Hopkins. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a mess. I, and they don't get anything out of J.J. Watt. I think that was more of a class act, though. But I also saw a lot of people where it's like, oh, Deshaun Watson doesn't get doesn't get treated right by the Texans, but J.J. Watt is. I think, first of all, like J.J. Watt, I think this I think this is a good move by the Texans releasing J.J. Watt because it kind of is like, all right, you've done so much for our organization, so much for the city. That's like you deserve to choose where you want to play next. Like I think they released him out of respect. Like I don't think J.J. Watt wanted to like – J.J. Watt obviously wants to control where he's going next year. So I think that was a good move by the Texans to kind of let him go, let him decide. I think I, – I, for for the amount of um criticism that they faced, I honestly think they handled this the right way. I definitely do. They didn't release any any news that they were doing it. They let JJ Watt post the video on Instagram and Twitter that he was leaving and why he left on. I think JJ Watt did it the right way, and I definitely think the Texans did it the right way. Hey, maybe it's a little preview into the future on maybe they will do the right thing with Deshaun Watson. Whatever the right thing is. I don't know. Yeah. But uh moving on to uh a very, a very sad topic that happened in this past week. Vincent Jackson passes away at age 38. Uh, Core, I know uh, last week or two weeks ago when we were talking about the Hall of Fame, this was last week when we were talking about the Hall of Fame inductions and like we were like guys that like these are guys that we watched growing up. I mean, Vincent Jackson, man, was a guy that we watched growing up on the Chargers, one of those great deep ball receivers. Then he goes to Tampa Bay. He's like a four time Walter Payton Man of the Year in Tampa Bay. I mean, Core, this is, it was tough news to swallow, man. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, definitely seeing um, him pass away was pretty sad. It's just, like, sad also. I mean, the guy was only 38 years old. Like, obviously, he already completed his NFL career. But 38 years old, I mean, that's just – that's really young. Talking about, like, just as a life perspective. And, yeah, just really sad to see. In and in, died in the hotel room. Definitely was a uh, – I kind of make him similar to, like, a prime – He's kind of like, in my opinion, like Mike Evans is today, like just like a big receiver, go up and get a deep ball threat. But yeah, definitely, definitely really sad. Um, yeah, like you said, one of those guys watched growing up on the Chargers, then he went to the Buccaneers. And uh, yeah, really sad to see as uh, a lot of um, football players have uh, had some like problems after their after their career with like head injuries and uh, stuff like that. So definitely sad to see. Yeah, I think more importantly, kind of we got to touch light on like how hard it really is to transition from like for, for these NFL players to their post-career lives. I mean, you think about it, these kids. I mean, some of these kids picked the sport up later, maybe in middle school and high school. But some of these kids have been playing football since they were five years old. I mean, they're going to practice for three hours a day in high school. Then in college, they're literally spending 40, 50 hours a week on football. Then they go to the NFL. It's literally their job. They're all year round on it. And then all of a sudden they just stop. And it's like for the first time in like, like, like Vincent Jackson, for example, I probably, I don't know, off the top of my, maybe a 12 year career, I want to say. So now you add the three, four years he was at college, the four years he was in high school. I mean, that's what, that's like almost 20 years this guy's had of just playing constant football. And then it just like kind of gets pulled from you. Uh, very difficult to trend, like for a lot of guys to adapt to that. And, that, that's why I really love to see. I love to see when those guys are able to take it into TV. You know what I mean? And kind of stick yeah. with it. Like, I know you, you were talking you were talking to me before about like Dan Orlovsky and about stuff with like Carson Wentz. But like, yeah, like Dan Orlovsky, Ryan Clark's another one. Uh, Bobby Carpenter's on ESPN. Marcus uh, I can't Spears on it. Marcus Spears. 
like, like I, you got to feel real good for these guys who have at least found something. Obviously, I'm only talking about ESPN, but like you got Strahan, Tony Gonzalez, Troy Aikman, all those other guys. But I kind of want to highlight the ESPN guys because, I mean, like the ESPN, those guys are a little more under herald than like Michael Strahan. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Michael Strahan was the, like, is the man. But like got other guys like that really found their way into the post-football career. And yeah, at the same time, too, it's just like one of those things. Like, you know what I mean? Like some of the guys need help. You can never be afraid to reach out and uh, ask for help. Yeah, definitely. Wait, did they ever announce what? How he? I don't, I don't think they announced anything yet. Still think it's under investigation, but you know what I mean. I don't. I don't, don't want to speculate on it, but like, I'll say, I'll say the optics don't look terrific. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely stuff that we we don't like to talk about that much on the deep ball. But I think it's important to shed light. But uh. We're going to wrap up this episode with one last thing. We were going to do a full kind of NFL draft uh, offensive preview today. But, I mean, with Carson Wentz, wait, we woke up this morning. Carson Wentz was traded. So we're like, you know what? We'll finagle some things around. And we're going to give you the quarterbacks saying kind of what we feel about the quarterbacks. Because we really haven't talked that much about these NCAA quarterbacks since maybe a month. You could say we were, we've obviously talked a lot about Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. I haven't really talked too much about Trey Lance. Obviously, Mac Jones we have touched on. But you can hear a lot more of our opinions on them. Core, I'll start with you here first. Let, let's just give a little overview. Rank these guys one through five. How you feel? Uh, one through five. Uh, I'm going to go, obviously, Trevor Lawrence at one. I'm going to go Justin Fields at two. I'm going to go Zach Wilson three. This is where it gets tough. I'll probably go Mac Jones Four, and I'll go Trey Lance five, and I'll go. I mean Kyle Trask. Need to like snub him like that, but I mean he's he's right there. I think those are the top six quarterbacks, obviously in this draft, and that's my order. I go, uh, yeah, Lawrence Fields, uh, Wilson, Jones, and then oh wait, yeah, Jones, and then Lance, and then honorable mention. I'll go Kyle Trask. Yeah. Uh- Core, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excited because we have, we have a little bit of disagreement here. I'm with you on Trevor Lawrence, obviously, at one. I think everybody in the country is with you at Trevor Lawrence at one. Uh, Kyle Trask, too. I think we could all agree, like, Kyle Trask, phenomenal in, in uh, college, but I'm not 100% sure it's going to translate into the NFL. So I would definitely put him toward the at, at the bottom of the list. But, I mean, our two through five, then, I personally have Justin Fields at number three behind Zach Wilson at number two. I just think what Zach Wilson does so well is he can improvise. And I just think it's kind of like the way the NFL is going. You know what I mean? I think that, like, we're starting to see a lot more quarterbacks and, like, the new big th- – like, every, the NFL is a copycat league. And everybody's just seeing Mahomes roll out of the pocket making these crazy throws. And I'm not, I'm not saying Zach Wilson is Mormon Mahomes like other people are. But, like, Zach Wilson, I believe, is very special. He's got a live arm. Uh, I think the big concern with him is obviously going to be that he, like the competition that he's played against at BYU has not been great. But I mean, you could also argue, I mean, he hasn't also had the supporting cast that Justin Fields has had. He's never thrown to Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson before. Mm-hmm. So I think that is kind of justified. Uh, so moving on then to kind of like three and four, like how I view Fields and Trey Lance, because I'll, I'll start with this actually. I'll start with Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is probably, I'd rate him number five. So I'll go with Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance, and Jones. And I'll start with Jones here at five. I think Jones is a, is very good, like, within his system at Alabama. 
I don't really think he's able to improvise as much. I think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. I think if you put him in the right situation, I personally think that like a team like Chicago might be interested in Mac Jones, but like I, I wouldn't love him in Chicago. I, I would have loved Mac Jones on the Colts. I think he would have fit very well in on the Colts. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't want to say like, I don't want to be like prototypical, but I think like Mac Jones would fit well on the Patriots where like your quarterback, not X to do as much. Uh, you can rely on his defense and he's going to make the throws. He's going to be smart in the pocket. And I mean, he's got a real good deep ball. The strides that he made this past year at Alabama are unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of room for improvement there. But uh, I kind of want to zero in on like three and four here with Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Uh, I have Trey Lance at number four. I think there's a lot of unknown with Trey Lance. Obviously playing in the FCS, and he didn't even play this past year. Like, you you know, like that was like so weird. You remember that like showcase game that they had for him against like Central Arkansas this year? Yeah, that was weird. That's what I like. They played one game because they were like, all right, we want to get NFL scouts to Trey Lance. They look great, but, I mean, what do you expect? The guy played one – like, he's supposed to play one game. So, he's only played one year. Uh, while people might say that, like, Justin Fields has struggled against top-tier competition, at least I've also seen Justin Fields succeed against top-tier competition, whereas Trey Lance, I haven't. Uh, I think Trey Lance is a lot more mobile than Justin Fields, which is not a knock on Justin Fields at all. Justin Fields, is that just show goes to show how crazy mobile – Trey Lance is Trey Lance has a big arm, but I think I like Justin Fields uh touch on his ball. And I mean Justin Fields can rip it, man. I think I think a lot of people, like even I am I'm, I'm putting Justin Fields at number three. I think in a lot of other years, man, Justin Fields, if Trevor Lawrence wasn't here, Justin Fields would really be in serious consideration for the number one overall pick if Trevor Lawrence was not in this draft. And yeah, I, I know you're a big Fields guy, man. I think people are kind of sleeping on him a little bit. No, yeah, Justin Fields, I think. People like his deep ball accuracy is really good. Obviously, he's very mobile. He's a big, strong guy. Like, I just think I know he did have I'm not going to I'd say the one knock on him is when I watch him, he does take a little bit long uh, to get rid of the football. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's something he's going to have to um, adjust to in the in the NFL, because, I mean, he'll have guys like Aaron Donald absolutely killing him if he takes that long to throw into the ball and he'll probably fumble it. So, yeah, definitely that's something he has to work on in now, I'm going to talk about Mac Jones. Like, Mac Jones, the only thing, yeah, the only knock on him is he's not very, all the other four quarterbacks that we were named are, are all pretty mobile. I'd say Fields, Wilson, Lance, all very mobile. Trevor Lawrence could obviously move. I mean, when you watch Mac Jones, he, he's very uh in the pocket type of quarterback. Like, an, like, this guy in the national championship, like, his rushing yards prop was like one and a half yards. Like, <laughs> this guy is not, like, a mobile quarterback. Nothing against that. I mean, Tom Brady's not a mobile quarterback. He just won a Super Bowl, and he's the best quarterback of all time. It's just – and I feel like in uh, the growing NFL, like, it's always better to uh, be able to get out of the pocket, throw on the run. So, I, I still – I'll put Mac Jones still above uh, Trey Lance because he's unproven, but obviously can't question the, uh, the ability that Trey Lance shows. I haven't really watched him that much, but I know, obviously, he's very mobile. But, yeah, him not playing much, this, not really playing this year. Um, yeah, I haven't really seen much of Trey Lance. That's why I'm putting him at five. And he, and he played at uh, North Dakota State. At Carson Wentz, alma mater. So, I mean, Carson Wentz could, did it. He could do it, too. But, yeah, that's why I'm putting him at five. And, yeah, that's about it, yeah. I mean, that's pretty crazy, too, if you think about it. Uh, North Dakota State, there's a real chance if Trey Lance goes in the top ten. You get you had two top ten quarterbacks in the last five years at the same S. F- CS school. I know North Dakota State's like probably is the best FCS school. I mean, 
they won a national, they won like that CS championship. Uh, the, the past one when Trey Lance played, not this past season, but the season before. But uh, one thing too, I want to touch on with Justin Fields. And I think it's like kind of like, I think one of the big knocks on Fields too, is that like this Ohio state narrative that Ohio state quarterbacks haven't transferred, like translated well uh, in the NFL, which I think is definitely reasonable. I think that's something I think, you can't compare Justin Fields at all to Dwayne Haskins. He's a lot more mobile. Maybe he doesn't have as strong of an arm Dwayne Haskins did, but I mean, he's Justin Fields is also a real smart guy. Dwayne Haskins a little more immature. You don't have any maturity problems with Justin Fields. But uh, one thing too that I think might also be a little bit on like a red flag for Justin Fields is Justin Fields lost the co- the quarterback competition to Jake Fromm in Georgia, which ultimately led him to transfer to Ohio State, probably for the better because he was unbelievable at Ohio State, played the national championship game, didn't win one. But, I mean, does that worry you a little bit that the Georgia coaches didn't see him? Whereas, if you want to view this, whereas Dabo Sweeney benches Kelly Bryant, who was his starter the year before, because that's how good Trevor Lawrence was, and that's how good he saw him, whereas the Georgia coaches didn't think that Fields could take them to the next level as much as Jake Fromm could. And this is not a knock on Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm was a very good quarterback his second year, in Georgia, but does that worry you a little bit? Nah, it doesn't worry me at all, actually. I mean, Jake Fromm was already the quarterback before Justin Fields got there, and sometimes, like, you just have to wait your turn in, uh, in times, and he, he didn't want to, so he transferred to Ohio State, and uh, it really doesn't worry me just because a guy like Joe Burrow, I mean, there was times, like, he didn't beat out a guy um, mm-hmm. when he was at Ohio State, and he probably turned out better than all the guys who were above him. So, I mean, yeah, it really doesn't worry me. He was only a freshman. So, I mean, I think uh, he had to wait his turn, but he, he just wanted to get out. He just wanted to play. So he went to Ohio State and uh, almost won a national championship. But, yeah, it really doesn't worry me at all about uh, from playing over him. Yeah, listen, I just had to throw it out there. I wanted, I wanted to see how you felt yeah. on that. I want to leave you with two more things, Craig. I ask you two more things. Number one. Did you see Trevor Lawrence's little pro day the other day? I know that was like last Friday. Did you see the throw, that last throw that he made? I did see like he had two absolute dimes. Like he was slinging those like 60 plus yards down the field. Dude, the, the last throw he made, it was like a scramble jersey. Like rolling out to his left. Like, all right, throw it out to your right. Roll it to your right. And throw. I mean, it, it's just disgusting. Like, like, I only had to mention that too because I feel like we've mentioned Trevor Lawrence for 20 seconds and we're talking about the best quarterbacks in this draft. I think it, it just goes to show you how – like much of like this, this this term generational prospect has been like blown out of proportion, if you ask me, the past couple of years. But I really think that like if you're looking at quarterback prospects of all time, I'd definitely say that Trevor Lawrence can would be in that category with the Andrew Luck and with like the John Elway coming out of college. It's just, he's just been that incredible. And now the last thing I want to leave off at, core is your team, the Jets, are picking second overall. I mean, you rated Justin Fields number two. You kind of said that you wanted the Jets to move on. So is this confirmation? Does Corey Lickman want the Jets to take Justin Fields at number two? If the Jets don't trade for Deshaun Watson, yes, I want the Jets to take Justin Fields at uh, at number two. Yeah, I just think Justin Fields could turn the – obviously a lot of holes there, but I think he'd, um, he'd be a start in the right direction with, uh, again, Robert Sala, I think. Justin Fields could be the franchise quarterback for the Jets. And listen, as much as I'd love to say, we'll see it next week. I mean, the draft's still two months away. I love the NFL draft season. It pains me that we're going to have to wait 
two more months to wait for it. We still got a whole free agency in front of us. Still going to be plenty of moves to be made. But, uh, yeah, I just love talking NFL draft. Uh, next episode or maybe a couple episodes, we'll definitely be sure to preview some other positions like running back, uh, pass catchers, uh, linemen on both sides of the ball, and definitely the defensive backs because, I mean, the defense, as much as uh, – listen, I'm, I love defense. I'm a defensive type of guy. I love watching a good defense. I love Micah Parsons, too, probably my favorite guy in the draft. But, I mean, this offensive class is absolutely loaded. The offensive side of the ball is going to dominate uh, the draft board, especially like – I, you could uh, there's a chance that the out of the first top 10 picks nine of them are offensive it's just that offensive loaded of a draft the nfl is just going in the direction where offense is winning games and you're you got to score 30 points every time to win a game so uh yeah we're definitely going to make sure that we highlight our offensive draft prospects but uh that's gonna do it for today's episode core is there anything you'd like to leave everybody off with not really just uh in the next episode we're talking about the NFL draft, and uh, soon we get into free agency. So, yeah, that's about it. Just, I guess, stay tuned. Yeah, free agency is starts March 17th. So, uh, we got a little ways, but you know what, Core? We're going to get there, no doubt about it. Also, it's kind of news a little bit, Core. These next couple weeks, too, we're going we're gonna to kind of be a little bit of homers. We're going to give you a Giants preview for free agency and a Jets preview for free agency in the draft. So, uh, something mm-hmm. to look forward to, too. We're going to we're gonna bring on some... Uh, some experts, too, in that field. You might not even see Corey on one of the episodes, man. Corey, news to you, but uh, we might have to just wait and see. <laughs> but that's going to do it for everybody. Uh, take care. Have a good night.